Hey, welcome to Epic Online, everybody. We're so glad that you tuned in today. My name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And just before we get started with our Bible study today, can we give it up for Matt Fowler and our worship team for leading us in some amazing worship today? I know we can't literally give them a high five or whatever, but maybe if you're on social media today, give them a wave or a fist bump or a smiley face or something just to let them know uh, how much you appreciate everything they've done. And as far as that goes, let's give it up for our tech team too. All of our media team has been working hard behind the scenes over the last six weeks or so. Those guys and gals, they're putting in so much overtime. It's unbelievable. And they're allowing us to be able to come right to you in your home today or wherever you're viewing online. Um, I, I used to, somebody used to tell me, Brian, if you ever get um, nervous when you're preaching in front of people or when you're talking in public, just imagine everybody out in the audience in their pajamas. And I used to scratch my head thinking, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. But actually, that's pretty good advice for me today, all right? Because I can kind of imagine uh, you at home, you know, sipping on some coffee, maybe eating some cereal or some toast and in your pajamas and tuning in today, okay? So I hope you guys are excited about um, today. And uh, I'm excited to get to share a few minutes with you as we continue our 5G um, life series. But before we jump into our 5G life, I just wanna read something to you. Uh, that I read last week that really was a big help to me personally uh, when I was kind of at, at a point where I was just kind of like discouraged and defeated with everything that's going on with the coronavirus and being at home and being isolated and all that stuff. I have a friend of a friend that sent me this blog post. And as I read the blog post, it just really encouraged me about who it is that I'm to put my trust in instead of what it is that I put my trust in. So bear with me just a minute. This doesn't have anything to do with 5G Life series, but I just hope that this will be a blessing to you like it was to me um, last week. It says this, it says, a few months ago before Christmas, one man in China coughed and the whole world fell apart. Economies crumbled. Science and medicine proved impotent. Politicians failed us. Institutions of academia grounded to a halt. Commerce collapsed. The powerful military proved to be as vulnerable as the rest of us. That is not to say that there are not heroic individuals who have risen to the challenge. He says, I know a lot of those heroes personally and I am grateful for them. But the institutions that we look for for security have proven to be built on sandy foundations. Coronavirus has leveled us, he says, rich and poor, red or blue, first world or third world, east or west, we're all in the same boat together. And yet we are surviving, he says. It turns out that while everything is being shaken, the unshakable kingdom of God still holds strong. And we are recognizing that our true leaders are actually servants. And we're grateful for every one of them. Those who were invisible a month ago are now our heroes. He says, I stand on my front porch every Wednesday morning and I thank the sanitation worker who shows up at my house to take away my trash. We applaud those who work in hospitals and testing sites and those who stock our grocery shelves. Humility, obedience, simplicity, family, faith, prayer, 
and compassion are proving to be the foundation that does not fail us. Righteousness and justice move us. We call out hoarders and profiteers and we share what little we have with those who are in need. Unemployment is through the roof, but so is generosity. Doing what Christ taught in his Sermon on the Mount and by the testimony of his life is the rock himself, Jesus, that keeps our lives from collapsing. And to the degree that we cling to that rock, he says, we will be okay. Church, let me remind you today that the man-made institutions um, that we have rely on so many times in our life, they cannot sustain us and they cannot save us. Our hope is in Jesus Christ alone. Our hope is in the firm foundation of the solid rock of which we stand, and that is our close personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He loves us. He died for us. He saves us. And he's going to get us through this COVID-19 crisis. So I hope that that encourages you today as we get ready to jump into um, our current sermon series called The 5G Life. Uh, If you were with us over the last um, couple of weeks, we started a new sermon series called The 5G Life. And in The 5G Life, uh, that's kind of our way at Epic of helping us understand what the fundamental purposes of life are all about. And just to kind of recap the five G's, uh, it kind of looks like this. We have the, the first G is God, grow, gather, give, and go. And what I want to talk about today, just from a high level, uh, as kind of way of for us to get started today, is to unpack what those, those words really mean when it comes to the fundamental purpose of why God created us and what he wants out of a relationship uh, with us. So if we could take those five G's, God grow, gather, give, and go, uh, here's what that looks like from a biblical perspective. And these are the five fundamental things that we believe God created us Four. And the 5G life is just our way of helping people understand and know what the 5G life really looks like from a biblical perspective. So the first thing we see is that God created us to worship. And in part one of this series, Trent talked specifically about uh, the God part of the 5G life and how important it is for us to pray and to talk to God in prayer, but also to take time to listen to what God wants to say to us in our prayer life. And as we pray, you know what we are doing? We are engaging in worship. We are allowing ourselves to be in the presence of God, to communicate with him and to actually worship him. Uh, Last week, we talked about grow. Uh, The biblical word for that is the word discipleship. Uh, The word disciple just simply means a learner or, or a follower. And last week, Trent helped us understand that in order for us to grow in our 5G life, we have to make God's word a priority in our life. And he gave us some great tools and some great resources to help us unpack scripture as we're reading it, as we're studying it, as we're meditating. And as we do that, you know what? We are learning, we are growing, we are becoming a disciple of God. Uh, Today, our word is gather, and the biblical word for that is fellowship. We're going to unpack that in detail in just a few minutes. Next week, we're going to talk about the fourth G, which is, is, is give. 
And when you hear that word give, a lot of times people think of, of their time and their talents and their treasure. And certainly that is, that is part of it. But really, when you think about the ministry that God has called us to and all the gifts and talents and abilities that God has given us, there are so many ways that we can engage in ministry where we give of our time, our talents, and our treasures so that we can engage in the 5G life that God has for us. And then in week number five, we're going to talk about the word go. Uh, that has to do with the great commandment. That has to do with the great commission that Jesus gave us when he left this earth and ascended back up into heaven. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. So that's our mission. And what we need to understand is that God wants us to have balance in our 5G life. It's the reason why there are five fundamental purposes for which God created us is because God wants us to find balance in these five areas of life so that we learn how to worship him, so that we learn how to be a follower of him, so that we learn how to be in relationships and fellowship with other people, so that we learn what our gifts and our talents and our abilities are so that we can engage in ministry and so that we can be effective at being a part of something that is so much bigger than ourselves and that is advancing the kingdom of God, not just right here at home, but literally globally around the world. So today our word is gather. Everybody say gather with me. All right. One, two, three, gather. All right. So, so we're going to talk about this idea of gathering. And I don't know about you and your family or your friends, but in my family, gathering is a big deal. We love to get together in small groups and in big gatherings and just kind of spend time together and hang out together. And it's an important part of my life. So I just thought I'd share you with you a couple of pictures of some gatherings that have been important to me and my family over the years. And maybe you can relate uh, to some of this. Uh, sports has always been a big deal in the Baker household. I grew up playing sports all my life. Uh, my mom and dad were really engaged in our life when we were playing sports growing up. So we've been able to do that same thing with our two boys, Stephen and Bradley. And Karen is a big sports fan and we love sports gathering. Matter of fact, Friday night lights is a big deal in our life when our boys were in high school. And, and I had the privilege to help coach on some of my boys' teams. So Friday night lights was a big deal for us and watching the kids gather together and and, and and get ready to play uh, on the gridiron. Uh, going to the gym two or three times a week during basketball season was a big part of our life as both of our boys kind of grew up uh, playing sports. So sports gatherings are something that all of us at some level probably can relate to. Another big part of gatherings in our family are our birthday gatherings and those kind of milestone gatherings. This was uh, at my niece's 30th birthday last year and a lot of our family got together her home and we celebrated the fact that she was 30 years old and she made me feel really, really old because I remember when she was born and I used to chase her around the house. But, but birthday gatherings are a great opportunity for us to get together. And then this is a little bit of a sore subject for us right now, but how about graduation gatherings? Those are, those are milestone gatherings where we get to gather together with our family and our friends. And, and my son Bradley graduated from Florida State University in 2014. And, and uh, Stephen graduated from Crescent City High School in 2010. And, and we were always getting together with our family and our friends to celebrate and to gather together uh, those moments of, of graduation. 
Then there's always the holidays. I don't know about your family, but the holidays are a big deal in the Baker household. And uh, on my mom's side of the family, the Gordon clan is what I call them. We have a large family. And last year we got together at one of my aunt's house in, uh, in, in North Carolina. And actually this is only about half of our extended family uh, last Christmas at Christmas gatherings. And many of you, I know uh, the holidays are important to you and those family gatherings and those friendly gatherings, when you gather people together are just a big deal when it comes to the memories that you make um, in your life. And then here at Epic, we always want church gatherings to be a big deal. I grew up in church all my life, so church functions like socials and fellowships and, and, and gatherings were always a big deal of my life growing up uh, in my relationship to the local church. And that's certainly a big part of what we do at Epic as well. So why is it that we value gatherings in our life? I want to answer that question today from the Bible to help us understand the importance of gathering. Uh, but if, if you're a note taker, I want to encourage you to maybe get out your pen or your pencil and, and write this down. Maybe take some notes on your smartphone or your tablet. And this is our key thought today. If we could answer the question, why do we value gathering? It would be for this reason right here, because God created us for connection. God created us for connection. Not just connection with him, but connection with others. Um, I don't know about you, but over the last few weeks especially, um, I've had the opportunity uh, to get out and walk around the neighborhood a little bit, kind of get some fresh air, get out of the house a little bit. And one of the things that I've noticed is this principle right here. And, and everywhere that I went, as I've been walking around the community and around the neighborhood, at random spots, there would be people who would be pulled up in a random parking lot and they would be out and about with about 10 or 12 or 15 or 20 people sitting in their lawn chairs, having a picnic. Maybe somebody's got a small portable grill set up and they're grilling some hot dogs and they're just hanging out and enjoying time together. And it really encouraged me to walk through the neighborhood and to see this principle right here lived out in real life. And I think one of the reasons that is happening is because people realize and understand that we were created for connection and God created us for connection. Listen to these few verses from the scripture that kind of speak to this. Uh, in the very first book of the Bible, in Genesis chapter two and verse number 18, the Bible says, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Guys, can I get an amen right there, okay? Especially if you're married. Uh, when God created Adam, he looked at Adam. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. So you know what God did? God created a helper for him. God created a woman so that Adam would not be alone. In the New Testament part of our Bible, in Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 20, Jesus said this. He said, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Man, that's great news. When we get together, just two or three of us, if we gather in the name of Jesus, Jesus says, I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to be right there where you're gathering. Uh, on the day when the local church was launched in the very first century in the book of Acts, chapter number two and verse number one, it says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting, look here, together in one 
place. And then the apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse number 19, he says to the churches, uh, the churches here in the province of Asia, which is where he was at when he was writing this to the Corinthians. He said, we send greetings in the Lord as do Aquila and Priscilla and all the others who gather in their home for church meetings. So the Bible is full of references to people gathering. And I believe one of the reasons why it references people gathering is because God wanted us to realize and understand that he created us and he wired us for connection with each other. Jesus himself is famous for gathering 12 disciples that he handpicked. And there were times when Jesus did escape from the crowds, but most of the time when he escaped from the crowd, he still had a few people with him and he gathered together with those disciples that he chose to follow him. So God created us for connection. But here's the tension that I think many of us struggle with. I'll be the first one to admit there are many times in my life where I struggle with this tension. And the tension is this. Even though God created us for connection, we often drift toward isolation. Even though God created us for connection, we often drift toward isolation. Now that's been magnified big time over the last month or, or six weeks or so because we haven't so much maybe drifted into isolation as we have been driven into isolation because of the COVID-19 crisis. But just think about life for just a minute as you live your life in relationships with other people. How many times have you said something like this to somebody in your life? Whether it was your children, whether it was your spouse, whether it was a boss or a coworker where you've just said, just leave me alone. I just don't want to talk to you right now. I just don't want to be around you right now. So just, just leave me alone. Or how many times have you pulled into the parking lot at work and you're like, you know what? I just don't want to be around anybody today. Um, I just want to go in, do my job. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to listen to anybody. I just want to be left alone. And there are moments in our life, whether it be in relationships, whether it be in work, whether it be in marriage, and even on social media. How many times have you logged on to social media and you've seen one of your friends who have said something like, you know what, I'm done with Facebook for a while, or I'm done with Instagram for a while, and I'm logging off. I may or may not see you sometimes later. And that's because sometimes we drift towards isolation in our life because of the circumstances and situations that we faced. But here's what we need to know and understand when it comes to the 5G life, okay? And remember, the 5G life is really important to Christ followers. So as Christ followers, we are called to fight the drift toward isolation, let me say that again. As Christ followers, we are called to fight the drift toward isolation. So let's say that together. On the count of three, I want everybody to turn to somebody that you're with today and say, fight the drift. Ready? One, two, three. Fight the drift. If you're by yourself, get up, go look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, fight the drift. Because as Christ followers, we are called to fight the drift toward isolation. So the next question is, all right, Pastor Brian, how do we do that? 
Well, I want us to look at just a few verses of scripture in Ephesians chapter number two today that I think help us understand how we can fight the drift toward isolation and understand the value of being connected and gathering together within the body of Christ and being connected with God and being connected with others. So Ephesians chapter two, verses 19 through 22 say this. I'm gonna read it first in its entirety and we're gonna come back and we're gonna dissect it for just a few minutes uh, to see how we can learn how to fight the drift toward isolation, okay? Ephesians chapter two, verse 19 says this. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are now members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Uh, In these few verses in Ephesians chapter two, I think there's a great blueprint uh, to help us understand how we can fight the drift toward isolation and how we can learn the value of gathering together and being connected within the body of Christ. So the first way that we fight the drift is found in verse number 19. And it's this idea right here. We have to remember that we're insiders and not outsiders. We have to remember that we're insiders and not outsiders. Listen how the Apostle Paul said it to the church in Corinth. He says, so now you Gentiles. Let's stop right there for just a minute, okay? Um, Unless you are a descendant of the Jewish race, unless you are a Jew, you are a Gentile, okay? Uh, so, so there are basically two groups of people alive today. There are Jews and there are Gentiles. Now there's all different kind of nationalities and people groups and all that stuff. But in this context, the Apostle Paul is talking to anybody and everybody that is outside of the Jewish race. And he says, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners, You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Let me point out a few words there. He says, you're no longer strangers and foreigners. Have you ever walked up to a gathering maybe, or maybe you've gone to visit a different town or a different city, and you just felt like, you know what? I'm an outsider here. This is not comfortable comfortable to to me. I'm kind of outside of my element. So therefore you're a little bit hesitant to engage maybe in a conversation or to get to know people or, or, or or to be a part of the environment that you're around. Paul says you are no longer strangers and foreigners. He says you are citizens. You belong here. Uh, You're part of this family now. Along with all of God's people, you are members of God's family. Uh, membership has its privileges, doesn't it? When you become a member of something, there, there are opportunities and, and, and perks that kind of come with being a member or being associated with a particular group or a particular organization. Well, that's what Paul is saying to us as Christ followers, as Christians, specifically to this group of people. Uh, he was saying, you are no longer foreigners and citizens to the body of Christ. 
Because of your relationship with Christ, you are in God's family. You are part uh, uh, of the body of Christ. You are members and you're no longer foreigners and strangers. A great illustration of this in the Old Testament was when Joshua, uh, who was leading the nation of Israel after Moses passed away, It was Joshua's duty and responsibility to lead the nation of Israel across the Jordan River into the promised land that God had for his people. And as Joshua was about to lead the Israelites across the Jordan River into the promised land, here's a promise that God made to Joshua about the land that they were about to enter. He said this in Joshua chapter one and verse number five. He says, I will never leave you and I will never abandon you. And what God was saying there is that Joshua, as long as you follow my lead, as I lead you into this promised land that I've already made available to you, that I've already given you, as you make your way into this land, Joshua, you need to know I'm going to be with you and you belong here and Israel belongs here because this is the land that I have for them. This is the land that I have for you. So the principle in that is this, if we walk with God, guess what? He walks with us. So if you're a Christ follower today, guess what? You're an insider. And because you're an insider, that means we can fight the drift toward isolation differently from the way that other people may fight it because they do not have a relationship with Christ. Which brings me to my second point, all right? So so the first way we fight the drift is we have to remember as Christ followers, we're insiders and we're not outsiders. We're part of the body of Christ. We have Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior. He's our champion. Uh, He's our sustainer. He's that friend that's closer than any brother. But the second thing Paul teaches us here is that we have to rely on the right people. We have to rely on the right people. Look at what he says in verse number 20. He says, together, together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. So he says, we together are part of this house. And he uses the the imagery of a house or a structure to communicate the body of Christ. And he says, we're all part of the same body. We're all part of the of the same family. Uh, Church, can I just tell you today, uh, there's only one church of Jesus Christ. Uh, It's the body of Christ. There's a lot of man-made denominations and sects and and, and different um, uh, ideologies out there, but there's only one true body of the Christ, body of Christ. And if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, guess what? We're all on team Jesus. We're all in the same family. Uh, and, 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 and we have Jesus as our leader. We have Jesus as our helper. We have Jesus as our guide. We have Jesus as our friend. We have Jesus as our neighbor. And Jesus will always, always, always be our companion. But there are other times when it's necessary for us to rely on other people. And you see, that's the beauty of the body of Christ, that God gives us a family that we can turn to 
uh, when we need other people in our life. And, and I don't know how old you are today. Uh, this coming December, I'll be 50 years old. And uh, in 50 years, there's been many, many times where I've needed other people in my life to help me face the difficulties and struggles that I face in life. And you know what? At just about every single one of those opportunities, God has provided somebody within the family of Christ that has come alongside me or a group of people that's been able to come alongside me and help me walk through or get through what I was going through. So who are the right people? The right people, very simply, Paul tells us, are is God's family. It's our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's our friends and our neighbors that we have this affinity with because of our relationship, because of our bond with Jesus Christ uh, at the center. And, and, and what we need to know and understand is that there are going to be moments in our life, and, and I would dare say there have been many moments in our lives just in the last 30 days or so where everybody needs somebody where everybody needs somebody. And we need to learn to rely on the right people. We need to learn to rely on the body of Christ, the, uh, the, the friends and the neighbors that God has brought into our life to help us do life together and to face struggle together. So the principle in that point is this right here. And, and we've seen this played out in life many, many times. It's played out in my life. And I'm sure it's played out in your life. The wrong people will lead us to the wrong places almost 100% of the time, don't they? But what's the flip side of that? The right people lead us to the right places, don't they? Listen to what Proverbs 14 and verse 7 says. Proverbs 14 and verse 7 is a verse of scripture that anybody can understand, even if you're not a Christ follower. Proverbs 14 and verse 7 says, stay away from fools. That's pretty simple. That's pretty plain. What's God saying there? God's saying, stay away from the wrong people. Stay away from the people who are going to lead you to the wrong places. The flip side of that is hang out with and be a part of the right people that are going to lead you to the right places. Even if you're not a Christ follower, that's good advice right there. So how do we fight the drift? Number one, we have to remember that we're insiders and not outsiders. Number two, we have to rely on the right people. And I would just want to add this to you real quick, all right? I really truly believe this. The difference between being where you are in your life right now and where God wants you to be is having the right people in your life alongside you. The difference in you getting to where God wants you to be and where you are right now is, is having the right people in your life at the right time. And you might be asking, well, Pastor Brian, how do I find the right people? Well, there are two great platforms that we have at Epic Church to help you find the right people. And I just want to brag on our ministry teams for just a minute, because uh, if you're not connected or involved in a ministry team, it's a great opportunity for you to come alongside other people who are like-minded, who are working together for a common cause uh, to make things happen for the advancement of the kingdom of God and for the advancement of the gospel. A perfect illustration of that is the media and tech team uh, that I'm in a room with today, how they're working together on that ministry 
ministry team using their gifts and their talents and their abilities to, to bring this broadcast to you so that you can learn and understand what God's word has to say about how you can fight the drift toward isolation and be connected within the body of Christ. And there are, are literally dozens and dozens of opportunities for you to get connected on a ministry team at Epic Church. And we would love to help you be able to do that. Another great platform that we have at Epic are what we call community groups. And those are our small groups. Those are small groups of individuals that are committed to getting together on a regular basis, to do life together, to encourage each other, to help each other, to support each other, to celebrate together, to gather together like we saw in some of those pictures a moment ago. And if you're not connected in a community group, let me strongly encourage you that that would be a way an amazing way to help you fight the drift toward isolation if that's something that you struggle with. So if you're interested in connecting in one of our ministry teams or one of our community groups, let me encourage you to write this email address down. It's info at theepicchurch.com. Info at theepicchurch.com. If you'll shoot us an email, uh, we will personally reach out to you and help you connect on either a ministry team or a community group. And now here's the third thing that Paul tells us about how learning how to fight the drift uh, toward isolation. And it's this idea found in verse number 21 and number 22. He says, we have to learn to release the power of our story. We have to learn to release the power of our story. Look at what he says in verse number 21. He says, we are carefully joined together in him, him there being Jesus. He says, we are carefully joined together in him, becoming, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. He says, we are carefully joined together. Uh, Another verse of scripture in the Bible says that God specifically places people in the body of Christ right where he wants them. And the reason why I believe God places people within the body of Christ right where he wants them is because he knows the power of their story and he knows the power of their life. And it was the power of what they've been through to be able to help somebody else get through what they're going through. So we have to learn to release the power of our story. And this is where gathering becomes really personal, church. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where uh, that fundamental purpose of fellowship and gathering is so very important to every single one of our lives. You see, everybody needs God. God wants everybody to be an insider. God wants everybody to be in his family. And that's a personal choice that we get to make as individuals. Uh, Everybody needs somebody. But here's something that's really personal. Somebody needs you. Yeah, you heard me right. Somebody needs you in their life. One of my favorite stories in the entire Bible is in the Old Testament uh, book of 1 Samuel chapter number 17. And if you have any church background at all, it's a, it's a story you may be familiar with. It's the story of David and Goliath. 
And I'm not going to take time to unpack the whole story. I would encourage you to go read 1 Samuel chapter number 17 today about that encounter that, that little old David had with a giant uh, out in the valley and how he slayed that giant. But as I was reading through 1 Samuel chapter 17, it helped me understand uh, this principle really quick because it talked about how important it is for us to be connected to other people and to realize the value of other people's uh, uh, relationships relationships are in our life. And as I was reading through 1 Samuel chapter 17, what I noticed is that uh, Goliath, when he came out to challenge the Israelites, Goliath specifically never defied David himself. What Goliath did was he defied David's people. He defied the nation of Israel. And that got David fired up. And the reason I believe that got David fired up is because uh, this Philistine giant who was a pagan was mocking the one true living God. And he was mocking the people, the Israelites of the one true living God. And the reason that's important for you and I today is this right here, is because when, when you're my people and I'm your people, your giant becomes my giant and your problem becomes my problem. And it's in those moments when we realize that we can rely on the power of our story, the power of what we've been through to help somebody else who maybe is going through a difficult time. Maybe you've been wondering all along why I have these, these stones um, on the table here. As you read through 1 Samuel 17, you'll find the Bible says that when David went out to meet the giant, that he stopped beside a stream or a brook and he picked up five smooth stones. I don't know if they were exactly like these stones or if they were as, as big as these stones, but what we know is that they were five smooth stones that David used in his slingshot. Matter of fact, it only took one stone, but, but that one stone was able to slay the giant. And here's why I think uh, we need to consider this today, all right? There may be some of you here today and you're carrying some stones in your life. Maybe it's because of a job loss that you've experienced over the last 30 days because of the coronavirus and your, uh, your boss or your company has just had to, to let you go, unfortunately. And that's a stone that you're carrying. Maybe another stone that you're carrying is, is, is just a strain in a relationship because maybe you've been cooped up together as a family and uh, for whatever reason, maybe your spouse or your kids, uh, they're just kind of getting on your nerves and it's caused tension in your relationship. And that's a stone that you're carrying that is kind of driving you toward isolation and you really don't want to be around them a whole lot anymore. Maybe for some of you, a stone that you're carrying um, is the weight of the financial burden that this coronavirus has caused on you and your family. And listen, those are all legitimate things. Maybe for you, you've got a friend or a family member, or maybe there's somebody even out there today listening and tuning in where you have contracted COVID-19 and you're sick. Uh, maybe it's guilt 
Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's regret. I don't know what the stone in your life may be that you're carrying, but here's what I know. Because when we put into practice these three things that we've talked about today to to help us fight the drift toward isolation, when we remember as Christ followers that we're insiders and not outsiders, when we rely on the right people in our life, the body of Christ that God has put in our life to help us get through what we're going through, and when we release the power of our story, here's what I know about those stones that we carry. Those stones that we carry may just be the one stone that God uses in somebody else's life to slay whatever the giant is in their life. It may just be the one stone that God uses because of what you've been through, because of what you're going through. If you will learn to release the power of your story, it may just be the one stone that God uses to slay the giant in somebody else's life. And that's why gathering is important. That's why relationships are important. That's why uh, fellowship is important within the body of Christ. The writer of the book of Hebrews said it this way, In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 25, he said, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. The reason I think some people do is because we have a tendency to drift toward isolation. It says, And let let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. One of my responsibilities at Epic is to help people get connected and to gather. And I love what I do at Epic. And I'm so grateful to have an opportunity to spend a few minutes with you today to help you understand a little bit about what I've learned in my life as it relates to being in the body of Christ. And I would just want to extend one invitation to you as we wrap up and close today that if if you're out there and you're struggling Uh, with fighting the drift and and you have a tendency to drift toward isolation. My job is to help you get connected. My job is to help you to remember that you're an insider, not an outsider. My job is to help you rely on people who really are, uh, want to be a blessing and a help and encouragement to you. My job is to help you release the power of your story so that what you're going through is something that God can use to bring down a giant in somebody else's life. So let me just encourage you with a few ways that you can do that. Uh, Number one, if you would send me an email at my personal email address is Brian Baker, B-R-I-A-N-B-A-K-E-R at theepicchurch.com. That will come straight to me personally. I would love to connect with you to help you figure out how you can get connected and how you can gather with other people so that you can practice these things that we've talked about today. I want to encourage you about some things that are coming up. You've been hearing us talk about uh, our new starting point class. That starts next Sunday morning, and you still have time to sign up for that. So you can go to our website at theepicchurch.com, and you can sign up for the starting point class. It's going to start next Sunday. That's a great way for you to gather. Even though it's going to be virtually, it's still going to be a great experience when you can gather together to connect with other people.
Two weeks from today on May the 17th, we'll be starting another virtual group called 40 Days of Prayer. And I would love to help you get connected in that as well. And Lord willing, in the near future, we have an opportunity to get back to gathering together corporately. Uh, I would love to help you connect in our community groups. We've got women's groups and men's groups and couples groups, opportunities for you to get together and connect and gather within the context of the body of Christ and allow other people to come alongside and do life with you and help you and encourage you and, and learn from you so that their life can be transformed and changed as well. So send me an email, if you will. I'd love to connect with you and help you in any way that I can. In just a minute, I'm going to pray for you. Then there's going to be some discussion questions that are come up on the screen. And I want to encourage you uh, just to take a few minutes right where you're at with whoever you're with uh, to have some dialogue and discussion about what we've talked about today. But before I close, if there's anybody out there who's listening and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to know three things. Number one, I want you to know God loves you more than you could ever imagine or dream. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, that includes you, that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever, that's anybody who would believe in him, will not perish, but will have everlasting life. So we want you to know God loves you. Number two, I want you to know Jesus died for you. Jesus paid your sin debt so that you could be forgiven of any and every wrongdoing that you've ever done, past, present, or future. That's great news for everybody. Here's the third thing I want you to know. We care about you. Epic Church cares about every single person who's listening and tuning in to us today. No matter where you're at, we would love an opportunity to come alongside you to help you fight the drift toward isolation, especially as we continue through this season of uncertainty. So let me pray for us today. And I would encourage you to engage in our discussion questions as we close. So God, I come to you today. Thank you so much for the privilege of being able to spend a few moments with whoever's tuning in today. And God, I just believe by faith today that you're going to accomplish something in all of our lives because we've taken some time together today to tune in and listen to what you would want to say to us. And God, I don't know who's out there today tuning in and, and maybe is really struggling with this idea, this idea of drifting toward isolation. God, would you take what you have shared with us today and help us all to learn the value of fellowship and gathering. Help us all understand um, that we are part of, of a family that is so much bigger than just ourselves individually. And that God, your desire for us is to be in relationship with you and with each other so that we could learn to grow in the 5G life and balance every single area of that life that you have for us so that we can experience life abundantly that you came to give us. And God, maybe there's somebody out there today that's just struggling with whether or not their story has any significance. God, I pray you'd give them an opportunity this week to share their story. Maybe even today, there's somebody you'll put in their life that they can share their story with and it's exactly what that person needs to hear because they're going through the same thing. And God, would you take the power of our story and would you use it to slay the giant in so many people's lives? Help us to gravitate toward you. Help us to gravitate toward each other as we continue to learn to grow in our relationship with you and to find balance in the 5G life. 
For it's all these things we pray and ask in your name today. Amen. Hope you guys have a great day today. We'll see you next week for part four of our 5G Life series.